I've had the great privilege of living very intimately with a number of the tribes of our world. Each one of us is a member of a variety of tribes of our world. Original qualities of one tribe and the mixtures which have occurred in our ancestors throughout the years and the centuries. So in our identity, we often say, this is who I am, my name, my age, my place of origin, my people. <clears throat> and yet, in the tradition of the Great Prairies, I dwell at the southern edges of the Great Prairies in northern and central Texas. The grasses would be rustling in the wind. The land would vary between very flat and low hills. And a phrase arose through the central and northern tribes so that when they encountered one another in small groups or large, <clears throat> to the north and the south and the east and the west, and within themselves ordaining a marriage or the birth of a child. A phrase arose, Amatakwiasen, all my relations. I've had the privilege of sitting with elders from various parts of our world in whose living breath and cells of their bodies, they represent all my relations and they include me in that intimacy. And in their prayers and aspirations, most of them now long deceased like great old trees which have gone back into the earth from which every breath of their body arose through the body of their mother and father the nurturing of breast milk, the foods of fruits and seeds and plants and vegetables and animals and fish and birds from the sky, they were able to sustain life enough to realize Amatakwiasen, all my relations. And so <clears throat> I've encountered the gestures of their wise old bodies when they were aged people, as I am slowly becoming. And I was aware that they had such understanding of the intimate nature of their souls in God, in that great one, in him, in her, in that. And they bestowed through beings like me a living promise that heaven through their hearts and the moments of their lives would pass as faith into my heart and as hope into my soul and as embodied love into my breath and into all of creation into eternity from the stars through all that exists all that ever has been all that is, all that will ever be. This wisdom is real in them. I have known beings in whom nothing could be disturbed. Life could end. They could have been tortured, as some of them were, punished, 
imprisoned, exiled. Thomas Benyaka Sr. was imprisoned because he wouldn't fight in World War II. As a medicine man, he was forbidden as a Hopi. He couldn't have ordained the ceremonies in the Kiva given unto him to conduct had he raised a weapon. So he did not. He went to prison instead, an internment camp in Arizona, where he became very close to the Japanese prisoners interned, Japanese and American prisoners interned, realizing how similar aspects of the Japanese were to the Hopi. And then when he was asked to go to Point Zero at Hiroshima to pray, he fainted. Why did he faint? Well, because the promise was not complete yet in the human race. And he asked me when he was dying of leukemia, Elizabeth, will you promise to me that you will physically go to point zero and you will stand there and you will finish my prayer? And he asked me again, will you promise me you will go? And sitting next to him, he was reclined on his infirmina's sofa in their living room. I promised him. And I went. Blaine was with me. Another older woman who's no longer alive was with us. What happens now? Well, the continuation of heaven on earth beyond the explosion of a nuclear bomb happens through my soul and heart now based upon the principle of all my relations of all that is one let us go back to the concept of the beginning in our world spiritual traditions we have origination stories origin stories <clears throat> and they're very marvelous when you live with one tribe they tell you a story and it causes wonder and fear and anguish and love. How did the sun and the moon come to be? And then the Yupik Eskimo would tell me. And then a young child would become slightly frightened of the raven coming and devouring the sun until it would come back again. An origin story in the Western Hemisphere is a story of a garden and a tree, and a woman falling down and asking the man to come with her away from the promise to heaven, and then being left out. <clears throat> shall the Eskimo sun, S-U-N, <clears throat> be returned to the sky? What shall the raven do? Shall the tree of life be restored unto the Creator? And the woman turn from the tree of knowledge and realize Oh, the knowledge I have always needed is within me as one, with heaven, with you, calling the man back, all my relations. And the great stories of the Far East, in which there becomes a sense of something that is void. And in resting within the harmonic of the void, the heart and soul realize that which I thought was empty and black is full and white. 
and therefore my soul and heart know what to do to embody heaven on earth. Parts of the West tell the story as the word, and then the word became flesh. A concept of understanding of wisdom embodied as love. So I chose to speak of this today because most of us think of ourselves as not being very enlightened. <clears throat> we are always studying and then looking in the mirror saying, you know, I, I know this, I know how to meditate. And, you know, I, I read that book. I met him once. I, I know her. She's pretty good. And what we do is we stay in the gap between the author of the book and the reader of the book. We stay in the place in which we wait to see what someone else will do. And we face the present moment and the future moment based upon the idea that our own mortality and identity is the single most important experience in the world because we believe that that's our life. And we have a very strong veneer of extremely sophisticated international thinking through sophistry, through kind of an intellectual framework and a sophisticated personality of clothing and skincare and diet. Here, I'm here, look at me. Oh, she's so much more important than you. Oh, he's really incredible. And we're very tricky about always staying one step ahead of the actual vulnerability of heaven through ourselves. Because when we embody heaven through ourselves, it's not that we're nothing and nobody. It's that we're so vulnerable to grace that everything disappears except the grace. And all that is there is this transparent, sweet, willing, vulnerable child of heaven. You. Me. And it bows to itself between the two of us. Oh. We, all, all my relations, what shall we do here in this present moment together, all of humanity? Each of us as collective groups and families and couples. And then the individual is just the servant of that, the messenger of that. And another being will look at that messenger and either meet them, meet heaven within that messenger and therefore within themselves as well, or will turn and say, no, not yet, not here, I can't. And I will use a very graphic, anguished example. In this last week, there was a young Ukrainian woman who was heavy with child She'd gone to the maternity hospital in her city to give birth, and the maternity hospital was attacked. Her hip was crushed. She and her baby were still alive. And a pantheon of soldiers in uniform carried her on a stretcher to try to take her to another hospital so she could bear to give birth. And then the baby died within her, and she cried out, Take me too. I don't want to live if my baby's dead. And she died. 
on my relations. Shame on me. Shame on you. Ukraine is a womb of God, just like you are and I am. Our homework now is to occupy the interior space which became enlightened in the consciousness and breath of the Buddha, which became embodied in the heart and soul of Jesus, of his mother Mary as she wove his clothing. Let us pray and practice everywhere through the hearts and souls of every human being represented through ourselves. I will be praying and practicing just as the great elders have taught me, just as my mother and father have blessed me into this incarnation everywhere and always.